Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Will. What a fun episode we have ahead of us. But first, I have a fun tale to share with you that I alluded to before we pressed record. Okay. So a while ago, uh, my nan, who is in her 90s, had recently updated her will to put my daughter in it, which is nice. And she's bucked family tradition, which my mother and my uncles are livid about, that they've also now handed it down to both my nan's children and her grandchildren. But obviously Harriet is her first great-grandchild, and she's been added to the will. Nice. So that means her will is now split ten ways, or as I like to call it, one-fifth to me. <laughs> okay. So but imagine... Also, my... but wait, hang on. But also... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Carry on. So because you get two slices, so it's a fifth exactly. to you. I'm good with maths. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> However, imagine my outrage when I thought I'd send my mum a little picture earlier going, oh, here's, here's my daughter playing in the garden. We're having a lovely time on this global pandemic. Hope you're fine. I've not seen you for a year. Um, with her saying that my cousin had been sending pictures of his baby scan to my nan. I was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck, the pool's just got a lot lower. <laughs> Unless she dies in nine months. <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. And in fairness, she probably can't get to the solicitors due to the global pandemic, so let's let's keep it cracking. <laughs> I need to protect my investment, Rich. Wait, hang on, is this the story? <laughs> There's no more to the story. It just shows how shady I'm that I'm willing to <laughs> off my nan to take a fifth of the will. <laughs> it kind of tells me what kind of week you've had. It kind of depends on what kind of story you end up starting on the pod most times. <laughs> Sounds like you've had a bit of an angry one, my friend. Oh, no, no, it's been a quiet week. I'm clutching at straws for stories. I'm my trying fucking to off my nan. grand die soon. I want our fucking money. <laughs> and technically, because she's quite a popular lady... I probably right. wouldn't even have to go to the funeral. I'd be able to zoom it in. So that'd be oh, nice. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> On the plus points, other things that are dead is mm. there t- apparently TNA Impact Wrestling at this time in 2013. Okay, let's get into it. So episode two of our TNA Aces and Aces series. Hello, lovely listeners. Prepare for fury. <sighs> so this is <clears throat> TNA with a question mark after it. Impact, 17th of January 2013. The 445th episode of Impact. How the fuck did they get that many shows? But how many more than Nitro? True. How many shows did Nitro have? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head, but I get the fact that TNA has, and now Impact, lasted longer than WCW mm. is, is incredible. Yeah, sure. It never quite reached the scale of WCW, to be fair. Like, I'd rather like reach the sky and crash and burn, you know what I mean? Rather than just kind of tinkering along at one million viewers constantly. A one million, whatever a 1.2 is. It's not a million, is it? It's like, you know, 20 people, isn't it? <laughs> well, as, as you said, I'm, I'm so happy that more people listen to our pod now that watch Impact. Yeah, so. fucking A. We're a more over than Impact ever was. <laughs> anyway, so uh, just to start this episode by saying I've ordered my heart monitor <laughs> to measure <laughs> my furious anger as we're doing tna every week it hasn't arrived quite yet so um yeah from next week onwards i will record my heart rating as i'm watching tna and give you updates but not on this week's episode see on so. the subject of ordering as well mm-hmm. um i've i sent you a, uh, a message the other day that my friend adam who is a is, is a nice chap he appeared in uh lightspeed's music video with us um 
and he sent me a lovely picture of him wearing um one of our t-shirts yeah buddy which which was uh, available on amazon for 15 pounds including postage if you're on prime and just a quick heads up and i'm not here to bash other people not not de- not deliberately anyway are you sure but, isn't that what we do here <laughs> well no but interestingly i've noticed a upcoming prominent wrestling podcast has started selling merch it's certainly nowhere near the decent quality or level of design as ours our t-shirts are 15 pounds and it's the same thing over for our friends in america or amazon.com it's 15 dollars i think it is isn't uh, it, over well, there we say that i think amazon.com rejected the design because i think it has the word beer on it so i'm just like sorry americans you might have to order it from amazon.co.uk but we're still gonna try we might do like a censored version for america you know are a bit, uh, you know, sensitive over there, aren't they? Fucking hell. <laughs> but our t-shirts are 15 quid and our hoodies are 30 quid. This podcast is selling their really quite boring design with all the social media links to their podcast on the back of the t-shirt. 20 quid plus postage. That's like, mate. Disgraceful. Ours are a bargain. 15 quid for a t-shirt, 30 pounds for a hoodie. Go to worldofwrestlingpodcast.com, see all the links to Amazon there. Get a t-shirt. As I said, same thing as we said last week, if we get over 200 Twitter followers, we will do a competition where you can win a hoodie for free, courtesy of my nan's inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally half the price of a Young Bucks t-shirt. That's my like selling line every time. Like worldofwrestlingpodcast.com is a good place to find all the links for everything you need. Right, mm, young so, buck like merch. Young buck like merch. <laughs> young buck super kick. I has ice mud. Yes. <laughs> Why Gallows Anderson here showing us cock? <laughs> we jump into the impact zone at Universal Studios, Florida. We are live. Well, we'll see how live we actually are because they've lied about that in the past on Spike TV. Um, but we did not watch this on Spike TV, did we, Tax? No, we ordered this on the impact. Oh, wait, no, we didn't get it on Impact Plus because even what though we that? pay $7.99 a month, all of the Impacts in 2013 are not fucking on there. Yeah. They must have signed some great deals to make sure that they never had the rights to their own fucking TV shows to stream them in the future. Well played, Spike TV. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to get this via nefarious means. Thank you for the lovely person that streamed the last 10% during the week. Really appreciate you. Um, because it's not available anywhere else, apparently. Uh, again, this did a 1.2, which is pretty typical of Impact. It kind of floated around a 1, 1.2 for almost its entire existence, as far as I'm aware. A good lead-in to any potential show that may or may not happen. But to be honest, Rich, I'll be honest, I don't know much about the TV shows that are on Spike TV, but I was wondering if you had any insight into what potentially might be <laughs> on. What is Impact the lead-in show for? I just I, couldn't put my finger on it. I hear there's this thing called Bellator. Have you Bella heard of Bellator? Tour? Yeah. Mm. Bellator. Is that like Total Bellas? <laughs> it's exactly the same. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> if it was. So the reason we're joking about this lovely listener is this is basically a show of a 90 minute, well, a two hour show of impact with 90 minutes worth of television, right? That is, I would say, 50% Bellator adverts. There is a Bellator countdown clock in the bottom right hand corner during the entire show. Every time we go to a new match or segment, there's the Bellator MMA logo that pops up in the bottom right hand corner. At times eclipsing what's happening on the TNA show. Eclipsing names of wrestlers, where they are. Later on, as we'll get to, they had a bloody ad spot for a bar in New York. <laughs> and they <laughs> covered the whole fucking name of the bar with Bellator MMA. 
I think we should emphasize the first bit you said there because it is atrocious. And some people might just accidentally skip over that little detail you had there. The entire fucking two hour show of Impact has a countdown clock to the show that's after Impact. It's like, don't worry. If you just sit through this bollocks, we'll get you to the next bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, guys. Only one hour and 58 minutes to go till some real men fight each other. <sighs> it's. I mean, I can understand, like, cross-promotion and stuff. This is beyond excessive. This is terrible, right? It did start the relationship of having King Mo turn up at TNA, though, so that's a... That's a positive. Okay. So, commentary. Let's just quickly go over this, because we'll talk about them as the show goes on, obviously. But commentary are the same team of Mike Tanay, Taz, and Todd on commentary, a.k.a. Tom Kennelly. As Todd a, Kennelly. As a, what? <laughs> no, let's call him Tom Kennelly from now on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Tom on commentary. Definitely deliberately not getting his name wrong because he, he's never got anyone's name wrong, has he, Tax? Leave my space, Tom, alone. Dave Kennelly is... <laughs> gets everything correct, <laughs> right? Nailed it. Dude, as a professional commentator, you've been paid occasionally to do commentary, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm just taking the piss. You obviously you're a professional commentator. You're a very very good commentator. Like I know Thank I you very take much. piss a lot, but on a genuine level, I really like your commentary. Thank you. What's your opinion of this TNA commentary team at this point? I've always liked Tanae's for his ability to tell stories of international wrestlers. We don't have much of that in Impact. I think it's to show how good this commentary team is when I say that Taz is the best person on this commentary team, that goes to show how terrible this is. Okay. So, when I acquired these episodes of Impact, I obviously went through, spot-checked a little bit, had a look at the quality to make sure it was watchable, and it was. It was reasonably good. Thank you for the person that... um, provided these for us yeah thank you dixie very carefully here dixie carter seeding them yeah (laughs) i saw that each of these shows came to about 90 minutes right so there must have been two hour broadcasts i seem to think that was what impact was each week right yep okay so i know this episode has the brooke hogan bully ray wedding on it okay so with that being said that's going to be quite a big segment, obviously. This is a two-hour wrestling show that has three wrestling matches on it. We've all got Iron Man's. <laughs> but that's um, the thing, right? Yeah. It's not like New Japan or AEW where you get, like, you know, three hours with three matches in it and they're fucking barn burners and you know, the guys go <laughs> full distance on these matches. I like, I'm going in knowing that there's only going to be three matches and they're all going to be five to ten minutes of utter bollocks. <laughs> so I'm like, my immediate thought going in was this is going to be worse than WCW in 2000. Because at least WCW in 2000 would cram in like ten matches into two hours that were all nonsense, you know? But we've got to advertise Bellator, so we can't actually have people in the ring wrestling when we've got to promote Bellator MMA. Because I don't know if you noticed, Bellator MMA is on after this show. (laughs) (laughs) The concept of like, we've got two... So, I mean, yeah, we've got two hours, Mr. 
TNA Booker Man. Oh, oh yeah, Mr. Spike. Okay, what are you going to do with those two hours? Well, <laughs> you know, we're going to have three wrestling matches that are going to take up about 15 minutes. Right, so you've got 90 minutes of actual TV time. What are you going to do with the other hour and 15 minutes, Tax? Well, you see, Spike uh, executives, we've got Hulk Hogan, whose salary you pay for. So he's going to feature in the lot and highlight how much of a cock he is upstaging everyone throughout this show, as I will get to in my notes. Um, and then we're going to have uh, another bit of a reality show. Then we're going to have another bit of Hogan. Then we're going to have another bit of XECW guys. <laughs> Improvising. They're not going to have a script. Oh, no, because we don't have writers, brother. No, no, no. No, we're way too good for that. <sighs> this fucking I mean, company. Jesus Christ. Can they not just put on some wrestling matches? No, other than AW, no one does wrestling matches now. <laughs> mate like watching this and then like i so so example i'm I'm getting flustered already we're only a few minutes in (laughs) okay so i produce the wrestle talk raw review every week the podcast that we do live and so i basically sit and i watch ollie and luke just rip on raw (laughs) essentially they're like look it's bad here's why it's bad and i honestly see people in the chat being like oh it's not that bad it's all right and usually i look at those comments and i'm like these people are stupid (laughs) But watching this episode of Impact, I'm like, mate, Raw is five-star classics compared to this shit we have to watch on this podcast. It does make you um, wonder why everyone was so upset when they said, Spike's not renewing us. (laughs) Yeah, no fucking shit. And the only TV deals they can get were on Pop TV and then Destination America. Yeah, like, just... Head to toe. It's fucking terrible. Shall we get into it? Strap in, listener. You're <laughs> going to be in for me deliberately. And again, just for the sake of discussion argument, because mm. I know it will uh, enrage you and you don't have your heart monitor yet, I'm going to support everything we see on this show. <laughs> I'm going to find faux justification for everything. Get ready. Strap in to get annoyed. I thought you were my friend. I am your friend. I'm just. I, I need to give us this, this, this alternative view because if it's just a shitting on him, right, okay, no okay. one's going to stick. Let, let's start the show and we'll we'll do some. We'll do a little bit more role play just to play this out to start with. Okay, so the show immediately jumps straight into a video package. I'm like, okay, I'm okay with this. Straight into a video package. No, just like this is DNA or anything like like that. We're like we're, we're straight into the show, guys. Okay. And the very first fucking thing this voiceover says is previously on Impact Wrestling. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Isn't this Uh, show called TNA Impact? No, because this is the time they're trying to move away from the TNA name. And also, leading up to this point, they'd actually named their episodes coming into this. So every single episode of Impact actually had a name. This was around the time where TNA, and I don't know if this was before this or, or slightly after Aces and Eights, I think it was before this, when they had this whole cross-the-line thing where there was no dude, heels and no dude, faces. Dude, 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 dude. Right. Let's just, just to start with this a little bit at a time because I'm so fucking angry at this first sentence. I was like, how can they do this to me every week? <laughs> like that quickly. Because it's, epi- it's hold episodic on, hold on, hold on. television. Dude, they're, they're like previously on Impact Wrestling. Okay. So the, the company... 
are now called Impact Wrestling. That's flat out what they're saying, right? Because they're Correct. moving away from the TNA name. Yes. Why the fuck do all their belts have TNA on them then? Because they haven't had enough money to change them yet. <laughs> Why? Actually, Why was Jeff the pay per view TNA Genesis? Because it's. The, ah, now see, this is the justification they gave Spike, and I know this fact because I looked at it up at the time. <laughs> per Hogan and Bischoff, <laughs> TNA was a recognisable brand name <laughs> that helped sell pay-per-view, whereas Spike wanted to try and go in a different direction, so that's why they started calling it Impact Wrestling. So mm. they're trying to move away from that TNA moniker on TV, but the pay-per-view still had the name uh, of TNA because Hogan and Bischoff said it had name value. Now, here's the point, right? I don't disagree with moving away from the idea of TNA. TNA is a dumb fucking name that Vince Russo came up with, from what I remember. That's like, you know, a pun on tits and ass, boys. It's funny because wrestling, tits and ass. Right. Wait, okay. they hadn't named it after Test and Albert. What the fuck? Exactly. That, that Just the fact that there's already something in the wrestling meta that is called TNA. And Vince Russo is like, nah, don't worry about that. Okay. Also, the name is Total Non-Stop Action. So the initials should be TNSA, right? Uh, I mean, hyphenated. <laughs> like, I don't care about that too much. I don't disagree with getting away from that. But then doing all your fucking broadcasts as TNA whatever, and then going, oh, the show's just called Impact Wrestling, boys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with you? They can't jump into just committing to calling everything Impact Wrestling like they have nowadays, you know, the sensible option. They're like, we're going to hang on to TNA while we call everything Impact Wrestling. Don't worry, it'll be fine. Branding doesn't matter at all, does it? I mean, don't don't go on that approach then when Moose has the old TNA heavyweight title and he's claiming he's the TNA heavyweight champion. See, I have less problem with that because it's like looking back at something you previously did and being like, look, here's a silly gimmick with an old belt we had. You know what I mean? In this current time, they're like... They're not acknowledging the fact that they have some stuff that's DNA, some stuff that's Impact Wrestling, and sometimes this show is just called Impact. And they're like, so so which one is it, douchebags? Like, just commit. That's all I'm asking. It's Impact it's, Wrestling. It's booking by committee, which is everything that is wrong with this show. I mean, I get the impression that most of the wrestlers refuse to work this show, which is why there are only three matches. Pretty much, man. I think that... This, <laughs> there's so much i want to say and i'm trying not just to be and on about it but i guess it's kind of funny um <laughs> when you're watching people wrestle in tna over genesis and this show tonight specifically this show you feel that they're not committing to their moves as much as they would normally definitely not definitely not this is very low level low interest low impact huh? <laughs> second time we've done that pun we not going to be the last. <laughs> the only thing we've got going for the content of this show, repetition. Sure. But like you watch Chris Daniels wrestle on AEW or ROH before he wrestled for TNA. And you watch him wrestle on this show. It, it's like he's just going, lads, we're just going to get through it. Let's no one get injured. Let's just get paid. and Wait till this thing fucking dies and we can all fuck off <laughs> and go somewhere else that we care about. They all want to go home and watch Bellator MMA on at 10pm <sighs> and spike. Hmm. So, the video package continues. We're now 20 minutes into this podcast, so let's try and get through. 
Sting returned for vengeance on aces and eights, as we're shown footage of Sting return- rushing a previous cage match to save Angle. And well, that's for- a lockdown. That was a lethal lockdown. How mm. dare you? An ad for Bellator's Chandler versus Horn is playing in the bottom quarter of the screen the whole way through this video package. (sighs) Kurt Angle got one step closer to exposing the thugs. Mike Knott gets unmasked. Hulk Hogan discovered the truth. Creepy Hulk Hogan. Bully's boffing his daughter. (laughs) 42-year-old Bully Ray boffing 25-year-old Brooke Hogan. So, Brit Ress. Remember who booked this, by the way? Of course it was Hogan. It's his fantasy. Booking his 25-year-old daughter with a 42-year-old fella making out while he watches. Just just, just throw it out there. Isn't that the age difference between uh, Hulk and Jennifer? <laughs> Who's Jennifer? His, his wife lookalike girlfriend's now wife? Yeah. <sighs> Hogan suspended Bubba. <laughs> I'm really Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hogan suspended Bubba because he thought he wasn't white. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke gave Hulk an ultimation to bring Bubba back or not. <laughs> Great stuff. Sting gets called out. Wait for it. Sorry, Sting calls out. Wait for it. Mike Knox. Bringing out the big guns. Aces and Eights tried to kidnap Brooke, but it's okay. 42 year old Bully Ray chases off the whole biker faction with his Grebo wallet chain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes. And then proposed and made out with Brooke in front of her dad, you know. She's Who's got tw- a boner. She's 25 and, you know, yeah. <sighs> the voiceover continues. They hide their feelings no more. I'm like, can they go back to hiding their feelings? <laughs> How do we feel about this? They just can't hide it anymore. He's 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 going to... Something... He's obviously got a lot of money because some... Someone made a deposit into that Grebo wallet chain because something got bigger. (laughs) The voiceover continues. You are cordially invited to the wedding of Bully Ray and Brooke Hogan. And my immediate thought was, can we RSVP to this and tell them to fuck off? (laughs) Because I'm okay, thanks. No, no, I love a wedding in wrestling. There aren't (sighs) enough wedding angles in wrestling. I'd like there to be more wedding angles in Britress. I think that would be much more fun. Good lord. Live tonight on Impact Wrestling. So I guess the show is now called Impact Wrestling. Good stuff. Uh, I've written, literally, fuck this company, fuck this booking, fuck this voiceover guy, fuck this wedding, fuck this angle, fuck this faction, fuck you for suggesting we watch this shit. Like, that's about half of what I've written, but I'm just going to skip over it. So, should we move on? Yeah. So, on the plus point, though, let's see it the other side of things. Hmm. All the things we needed to know about Ace and Eights from last week's episode of Genesis was quite nicely covered on this week's episode of Impact Wrestling. No mention of it at the pay-per-view. Yeah, Other than true. the wedding mm-hmm. and the bullet bully coming out and saying, I'm going to be marrying Brooke, cut tune in an impact on Spike on Thursday, nothing's going to go wrong. <laughs> As we cut into the Impact Zone and there are tons of fake crowd noise, the countdown to the Bellator show begins. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Todd on commentary sounding enthusiastic as ever welcomes us to the show welcome inside the impact zone the flowers, the gifts the cake in place you can't say full sentences the final touches being put on all the extravagant preparations for tonight's joyous celebration 
magical. <laughs> he's inspirational, this guy. <laughs> I mean, he's he's obviously one of those people who really doesn't want to go to a wedding, and they're all says, "Oh, for God's sake, I've known him for twenty three years," and then he he's turned around and gone, "Yeah, but they're not my friends." And she's given him the cold shoulder. <laughs> That's his attitude. That's his tone of voice talking about this wedding. Yeah. yeah. The cakes are there. They're setting the final things for this wonderful day. I'm fucking going to get a divorce. So to, to give the listeners some context, you're married. I'm about to get married. And I used to work in weddings. So, I mean. Welcome to the marriage podcast. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Cut to pre-tape of Bully backstage. Spike fucking Dudley's here. Let's go. <laughs> Someone throw him into the crowd. <laughs> I was desperate to see it happen. Like just anything with Spike. Like just do a spot with Spike. Please, I'm begging you. I love that guy. And shortly followed by Tommy. I'm never going to leave Impact Wrestling Dreamer. Yep. N- nothing happens here. They just improv and do some like oh look you're fat uh, it's great isn't it we're having a wedding <laughs> EC dub EC dub <sighs> cut to Brooke Hogan and her knockout bridesmaids because she doesn't have any real friends right because <laughs> Hogan slept with them all <laughs> Tess Macker goes your dad's coming right yeah I'm Bubba the Love Sponge's wife face <laughs> 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 yes Brooke doesn't know or how to act, or wrestle, or pretty much anything. <laughs> don't worry, I've got Brooke Hogan facts at the end of this podcast, oh. listener. Don't worry. <laughs> do you not want to spread them out as we go through the pod, or do you just want to load them all at once, like you know Hogan did on her mum's face? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want the same, because obviously we did the Jeff Hardy music back catalogue. I've got the Brooke Hogan back catalogue to go through. Okay, I like it. At the Let's end of this it. episode. Speaking of, Mr. Crack Hardy himself comes out. I am a dying breed. Everyone is something me. I am late on the line. Don't want to mess with me. I am tasty breed. The lyrics to his song. It's I couldn't pay attention to his entrance music because I was <laughs> thinking, you're wearing a pink fucking hoodie. And more importantly, mm. you've just sprayed water over your hair. So it now looks like you're sweating through your hoodie. Yeah. Not a good look. He, he is, his eyes over his eyes do not hide the fact that his eyes are bloodshot. He is fucked up in fairness though what a great tactic he can stand there with his eyes closed and cut a promo and go i am so fucked right now i'm so high dude there's colors everywhere is there like 10 people in this crowd or is it just me no no there's like 10 people it's tiny (laughs) someone told me something about the bellas and they're on after this (laughs) jeff isn't here to wrestle though because i mean why would he be it's tna no one wrestles here um Oh, hang on. Just just for again for context of this, Jeff Hardy came out with one belt, the TNA belt. Mm. That becomes important shortly. <laughs> the TNA holiday makers at ringside chant, You still got it at Jeff Hardy in twenty thirteen. And that was written referral to what he still got in his holdall that the police didn't find. <laughs> Jeff puts over his victory at Genesis. Um, I mate, these fucking fans. They're worse than progress fans. They will not <laughs> shut the fuck up. I still prefer the TNA fan. <laughs> Here come Christopher Daniels and Kaz to try and save the show. 
Kazku's Hardy Jeffrey <laughs> and the crowd butt puppets. I'm like, he's got a good point, to be fair, mate. Um, CD has another gimmick to add to his ever-growing list of gimmicks, a lovely Jericho scarf. Um, CD it's calls Hardy yep, Jefferson. And CD calls himself the Thursday Night Delight. Is he butterscotch, do you think? Nope, but he's much better at referring to himself as a Thursday Night Delight than fucking Johnny Nitro, Morrison, Impact, Quesadilla, whatever he calls himself these days. <laughs> Almost racist, but not because he's not Mexican, right? Correct. Good stuff. Did you watch BTE this week? Uh, yeah, I watch it every week. <laughs> I love the fact that Cutler crashed into CD's car. <laughs> that was good stuff. You got a white minivan? Yeah, me too. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling, eh? Uh, so, basically, Christopher Daniels and Hardy are trying to throw a match together as best they can with what they've been given. Because um, remember, from last week's episode, which you'll find our archive at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com, Chris Daniels beat James Storm to become the numero uno contender for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship Impact Wrestling Touring Trophy Belt title. Sure. Beltles. <laughs> right, there's two of them. Well, not at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> there's a brawl. James Storm comes out to save Jeff Hardy. Sorry about your damn booking. Yeah, fucking A. Um, so these two... I'm assuming at this point, just seeing Storm come out to save Hardy, that these two are going to be in a feud next week, right? Because it's TNA. Hands down, must be. Yeah, this is how they book, right? Yeah, feud. I mean, we we know we're going to get Hardy and Daniels for the belt, so mm-hmm. that's good. So it just means we're going to get Kaz and Storm. I'm really looking forward to that Jeff Hardy Chris Daniels match, which is inevitably going to be five minutes and have a bullshit finish. Even Daniels won't be able to good, get a good match out of Jeff in his state at this moment in time. And that's the thing which is, I mean, we're shit all over this so far, but this is one of the saddest things I've noticed about these two shows is the state that poor Jeff Hardy's in at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I said last week, happy he got clean and everything and he seems happier now, but it's, uh, it's a bit depressing watching him during these shows. He's not a happy boy. No, Jeff Hardy is his happiest and safest when he's not in professional wrestling. It is a shame mm. he came back. Yeah, maybe. One hour, 48 minutes until Bellator starts. Someone's been watching the ECW tapes because first up is an impromptu tag team match of James Storm and Jeff Hardy versus Christopher Daniels and Kazarian going by the name Bad Influence. Do you remember this? Oh, yes. They don't mention it on fucking commentary at any point, though. They did once. And they also made reference to it on Genesis where they got the wrong name where they referred to them as The Addiction, which is what they were before they were Bad Influence. Yeah, but they changed the name, didn't they, for some copyright reason or something, I seem to remember. Or they were called The Addiction. Fair point. <laughs> Hanging out with Jeff Hardy, probably not the best, best, best look, you know. So every single one of these lads is wearing black. At least, right, in fairness, right, CD and Kaz are wearing black, but they've also got matching yellow stylings on there so it looks at least they're a cohesive unit as a tag team yep taz on commentary tells us that he's going to be the best man tonight for you know bully ray 42 brooke hogan 25's wedding and refers to them as these crazy kids <laughs> what was at this stage taz is really regretting naming his child hook <laughs> i mean yeah one of them's a crazy kid the other one's a, 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 a you know and the other one's Bully Ray. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just not even going to shit. That's it. Bully Ray's old. <sighs> so, I mean, fucking hell. 
The match is the match. Daniels and Kaz kind of play the slapstick silly heels at times. Storm takes all the heat. Commentary are legitimately chatting about Bellator for like 60% of this match. It's fucking mental. One hour, 38 minutes to go. <laughs> the, the problem with this match is there's absolutely nothing in it. There's nothing. <laughs> there's literally nothing to talk about. There's not even decent spots to go, oh, that was a good sequence. Yeah. I'm, the reason why, dear listener... <laughs> We're half an hour into this podcast and we've spoken about what matches. Yes, we've got three matches to cover in like an hour and a half to two hour podcast. But that literally nothing happened. Rest holds. Yeah. These a lot guys of rest holds. just here to get paid. They're here for a payday. That is literally it. These are some good wrestlers. I like all four of these guys. I love three of them. Which one don't you like have interest? I've genuinely never been a fan of Jeff Hardy. Okay. Yeah, no worries. What about with the Undertaker feud right before he left? Undertaker, the ladder match with Jeff Hardy was the best storytelling Jeff Hardy's done in his entire career. Yeah, it's the one thing I always come back to when people are like, Jeff Hardy's shit. I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is run to the belt against Taker. My God, that was so much fun. I wish they could have stuck with that and just got him sober a bit, but whatever. Um, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Hardy is a very, very good in-ring talent, but there's never, ever, other than that Undertaker thing, been a storyline I've gone... I'm emotionally invested in this storyline. Yeah. He's not the greatest. Um, he's not got a lot of conviction behind his acting side of stuff, you know? And the problem is, he, the other mo- more notable feud that people will remember is his feud with Punk and the mon- money in the bank cash-in. <laughs> yeah. But the problem was, that was largely based again on real life, which was sad. Yeah. I know the whole idea that it's blurred lines, but all I think of in that Punk and Hardy feud was everything that Punk said was desperately real mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's punk that carries that feud and punk has all the promos all like the cosplaying jeff hardy bit you know what i mean it's, it's it's that whole feud is really punk and jeff's there as a device for punk to play off almost yeah so uh kaz massively oversells a sloppy drug-induced twist of fate for the one two three cue jeff shitty music and ugly belts right that's it belts because <laughs> then the, the shit belt appears out of nowhere like a mystical fucking goblin Mm. Um, at least they gave it to him unlike with Lex where they just let him walk around without his belt <laughs> so the winners are Hardy and Storm uh, but this is TNA so Christopher Daniels has to pop in and hit the Angels wings to Hardy it's the only way they know how to tell stories setting up for next week though I don't have a problem with that and I, I again I don't have a problem with Hardy pinning Kaz because they've got to make their champion look strong they can't mm. fist C- pin CD the problem and is that they've Daniels done it for like five we're only two shows in they've done it for like five matches What's nice as well, though, is Daniels went to do the Angels' wings and missed the belt. <laughs> that was good. Did he? I didn't notice. <sighs> Did you know Bellator's on soon? <laughs> <laughs> That's literally my next note. <laughs> One hour 35 to go into a Bellator. Can you... Can you... Right. <clears throat> can you please describe this next stuff? Because, like, I know it's the gut check series stuff. But at no point do they explain what it is or even talk about the branding of Gut Check. Right. So Gut Check originally came into TNA as an an engine to get independent talent on their show. Um, and it was supposed to be, you know, to give them the opportunity. So it was billed um, as a tryout program as a means to recruit new talent. So Gut Check would be featured on episodes of Impact. 
Um, they'd run sem- seminars, and it actually started in April 2012. Gut check. It, they basically bought in one wrestler. They'd go against a TNA wrestler, and then at the end of the match, wrestlers would be given a yes or a no okay. as to whether or not they'd be given a contract. See, that's what I remember. That is not what we get here. No, but it evolved. It evolved. <laughs> it, then be- it evolved after Ric Flair fucked it. <laughs> Just the use of that word "evolved." I think you mean they fucked it up even further, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. Because this way they protect- protected themselves from signing Joey Ryan. Yeah, yeah, again, would have. Yeah, unfortunately, he's already on this. Thank God he's not on this show. But please carry on. But basically, what it then led to is on this section for gut check, they'd had a match between a very young Brian Cage and future Hall of Famer Jay Bradley. Now, the match was not shown. We haven't watched it. We saw some highlights of it, mm. and they showed the uh, the outcome and the victor. And then it was down for the three judges, Taz, Bruce Pritchard, and Al Snow, to decide. Borash is in the ring, and he basically says, okay, so the, the general gist is whoever gets this opportunity will win a TNA contract. But here's where some things go a little bit wrong for me. So JB and says, okay, you've all got to decide if you're going to pick Brian Cage or Jay Bradley. They make their decision of who they're going to keep. So who's going to get eliminated at this stage and for for the best career move of his life, Brian Cage loses and is allowed to leave Impact. So he's technically the winner of Gut Check because he's allowed to leave. Yeah, there's like different stages of voting, isn't there? Like these guys have to decide who's definitely not getting a contract first out of these two, right? Yep. And then once they've booted out Brian Cage, they then need to decide if Jay Bradley is going to get a contract. At this point, Borash says, you need to get a unanimous decision. Now, <laughs> this my is understanding, the bit that threw me. <laughs> Go on, carry on. My understanding here, and correct me if I'm wrong, unanimous and majority are certainly two different things. They are. I have a feeling that Borash just said the wrong word, right? Yeah, So, because unanimous would mean that Taz, Pritchard, and Al Snow would all have to say, yes, Jay Bradley, we'd like you to have a contract. So Borash passes to Taz, and Taz, the first thing he says is, uh, no, <laughs> you're not coming in. <laughs> and then you've got, then you get a 30-second mic promo to, and I quote, kick out so you have to use your promo to justify your existence in tna when a judge has said no so jay bradley goes on to say how important he was how much he was trending on twitter and his boomstick was uh trending on twitter i assume he was talking about his elbow pad and not his schlong <laughs> that's literally the joke i wrote down as well well played <laughs> it um, wasn't a tricky one to be fair but yeah go on and, and then it goes over to uh, bruce pritchard who says, yeah, you can have a contract because I don't give a fuck and I'll elaborate and lie about this story at a later date on my podcast. And then it goes to fucking Al Snow who deliberates, does the whole um, reality show. My decision is dramatic pause, terrible camera angles. Yes, Jay Bradley punches the air as he realizes his career is over. Mm. And Jay Bradley got a unanimous decision of three to one, vo- two to one votes. <laughs> Do you know Jay Bradley is now he's been given a TNA contract, which is worthless because it means he can only wrestle on pay per view. 
<laughs> I thought about that. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Do you know why this annoyed me more than the rest of this stuff we've watched so far? Hit me with your boomstick. Imagine you've gone to watch a play. Okay. Halfway. I do go out of pandemic quite a lot because I'm, uh, as you refer to me as, a middle-class cunt. Yeah, sure. And to be fair, I've been to a, a fair few myself. I'm a, I'm a fan of the arts tax, you know. <laughs> um, Bloody love a musical, me. Yeah, sure. You go to watch, let's say, let's do a terrible musical, Cats, right? You go to watch Cats, okay? You get halfway through and, you know, the actors all stop. And then the casting directors all come out with a director and a producer and they go, right, okay, so you know how this guy did some great acting in the beginning and his delivery was pretty good, but this other person's middle bit where they- The understudy. The understudy's been doing really well. They swang the sword and they gave that speech though. That was great, wasn't it? And then they go, should we just get rid of the understudy? (laughs) Like on the stage, (laughs) okay? This sounds a lot like my A-level theatre project. (laughs) Where I'd booted out my own project. (laughs) So it's like, fuck this company. They have no idea what pro wrestling is. I have a very, very wide interpretation of what pro wrestling can be. And I can accept much bollocks. (laughs) But you have to start with the basic principle of suspending your disbelief. This has gone into the world of breaking everything fictional about pro wrestling. Even if this was like a fictional worked segment, right? Where we're doing this to get this person over and this other person to not get this over. At no point does it have like value to what's happening here. It, it's too not sport, <laughs> you know? Like it's not even soap opera. It's just, yeah, what they're explaining why pro wrestlers are good at their jobs rather than why they're good at winning matches. You see what I'm saying? But let me take it from the other point of view. (laughs) Spike TV was going for a reality phase as well, and there was trying to be the man's channel. That peek behind the curtain as I try and desperately justify this to annoy you. That's what the fans in the Impact Zone wanted. These aren't fans. (laughs) These These are are holiday makers. This is not holiday makers. (laughs) Like it's oh, it's so stupid because then they're immediately like, here's fucking Joseph Park backstage to do some acting with Bully Ray, K Fab. Am I right? <laughs> Wrestling. <laughs> they're like, fuck these people. In like, fairness, I've used the K Fab line before because I'm funny. <laughs> but like, it's okay if we didn't have a big bit before explaining what K Fab is. In my, as an interesting side note, one of my first SCPW uh, training sessions turned up to be promo class. Right, okay. <laughs> and I do all right on a promo. I'm, I'm quite proud of my mic skills. I love your promos. Um, it's one of the reasons I saw it. I was like, we should do a wrestling podcast. This will keep us sane. You can talk. I'll just kind of like moan about things. It'll be fine. But one of the, uh, one of the things we had to do, so... Uh, Coach Wicked had things you pulled out of a hat and then you had to cut a promo instantly based on that. And my promo was someone had stolen something from me. So rather than going for an object, 
I decided that Will Power had stolen my sexy secretary, <laughs> K Fabe. <laughs> nice. And 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 unsurprisingly, the promo was good. And then <laughs> Coach Wicked said to me afterwards, "I like the promo. Shame about the K Fabe bit." <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. See, my instinct if someone was like, "Cut a promo on this hat," I'd be like, "Well, fuck you, hat." <laughs> you know? Then I'd be off TV. So there we go. <laughs> I would have much preferred to watch two hours of you cutting a, a massive monologue promo on a hat than all of this show. But let's move on. You can go uh, down the... you know, we've got a lot of wrestling to cover. Right. So fuck it. You know how <laughs> fuck that. You know how Eddie Kingston cuts these amazing promos every week. I've worked out how he does it. They, they exposed it on BTE where they were like, cut a promo on this cookie, and Cookie's like, Cookie, when I was a young boy, I, I was poor. My parents didn't look after me. And I always wanted you. I always wanted this cookie. You know, maybe not this cookie, but like cookies like this. So I couldn't afford you. But like nowadays, I'm the man. I, I'm the one who's worked my ass off the whole way through professional wrestling to get to this cookie. This is my cookie. That's how he cuts promos. Every single promo is the same fucking thing. <laughs> he just complains about his childhood. Goes, I wanted this. I couldn't have this. I'm now rich. I've worked my ass off. I've got to this. I've sweat and bled and blah, 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 blah. So it, the magic of Eddie Kingston has been lost on me just due to BTE. All I got from that is when Eddie Kingdom wore his uh, Masara-inspired uh, gear at oh. <laughs> AEW, all I got was Eddie Kingston now eats cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I love Eddie Kingston. Don't get me wrong. I also love Masao. But yeah. Do you want to talk about another? I was going to say, do you want to talk about another wrestling match? I mean, yeah, we can do. There, Don't worry, on, I'll save on, you time, on. listener. No, I'll save you time, listener. Go back and listen to last week's episode for this match, <laughs> uh, and we'll move on. You know what? We need to save this shit ass of a show—a crappy rematch from a crappy match at Genesis. Hooray! It's Christian York versus Kenny King. But don't worry, as Todd Canelli on commentary so blandly tells us. Christian York told me before this match he's learnt something from RVD. So I inspected the tights and he shoved them up his ass, And that's what he's learnt from RVD. <laughs> That'll be the drugs up yeah. his anal passage. Fucking A. Kenny King's uh, music, I've decided, is awful. It's like 90s porn music. It's, it's dire. It's diabolical. Mm. York, York dives out the road. Blah. Dives through the ropes to the outside doing a tope. Ring the bell to start the match. Can they do that, Joey? Both athletes are not in the ring. This is disgraceful. Has he got a referee's license? Tanay immediately tells us that later this evening, we will get to see some of Bully Ray's bachelor party footage. Don't know about you, Tax, but this makes me excited. It would have been excited had they not told me there was going to be a lot of Bellator fights before we see the highlights of Bully Ray's stag. Yeah. Bellator Sorry, ad. Bachelor party. <laughs> Bellator ad. Bellator ad. I do a spot. You do a spot. Leg slap, leg slap. Ra, ra, ra. <laughs> Literally, it's the same fucking thing. York goes for a something. Kenny apparently goes to the eyes. And I'm like, did he? I didn't even see it. Kenny rolls York up because nothing is sacred. One, two, fucking three. 50, 50 booking at its fucking best. Kenny King wins. I'm really glad we'll probably not see any follow on from this. Good lord, I Delightful. hope not. It was awful, man. It was so bad. <laughs> like, 
no story no heel face dynamic like i know they're trying to make kenny a king uh, a heel but he acts like a they're face trying to make kenny a king <laughs> Fuck I, like me, man. I mean what would have really really helpful here if rob van damme could have been bothered to turn up to work yeah he was involved in the story at one point wasn't he oh that was one show ago yeah, and they're still feuding over the X belt, and the X champion couldn't be bothered to turn up, and not even be bothered to turn up to his old ECW mate's wedding. <laughs> Fair point. <sighs> they they show the um, bully and Brooke invitation gimmick thing, you know, the little crappy graphic they put on the screen, which is only which is only the only beaten by Bellator for the amount they shoved it down our throat. That Absolutely. little bully Ray and Brooke Hogan gimmick throughout the whole show was just very very prominent. Bully pleads with Sting to have Hulk walk Brooke down the aisle. From what we've seen so far, I'm pretty sure he's taken his daughter up the aisle a few times. Whee. Commentary and talk. More, <laughs> Sorry. More importantly, during this promo where Bully's trying to convince Sting to go and speak to Hogan to walk his daughter down the aisle, you see Sting's eyes thinking, I should have just taken that Time Warner money and just never come back. <laughs> yeah, fucking A. Commentary talk. Taz tells us he's carrying the commentary. Fact. Yeah. Todd on commentary calls Taz, get this, listener, the human best man machine. Bong. I bet that took him all of an evening to come up with that. And he probably tried to do a little thing to Mike tonight afterwards, turn around and wink and go, see what I did there? (laughs) Not the best man machine or the human suplex man, best man machine. <laughs> Trying to come up with better stuff on the cuff. I'm failing. Rude Neri's backstage. They have a mirror. They're looking in that mirror. They're going to the wedding. Hang on. Rob Van Dam was also looking in the mirror that night. <laughs> Rob Van Dam only does weed, right? He doesn't do like coke and shit like you're implying. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Oh, there we go. But Ares isn't sure, so he's going to wear all black as he puts on a grey jacket. Which means Hogan's definitely going to kick him out. Yeah. (sighs) Hogan does walking backstage because it's literally become WCW 2000. I mean, some of the stuff we saw in that Hogan-Kidman trilogy we did, where Hogan did a lot of walking and looking indoors. Bischoff, where are you? (laughs) Bully, where are you? It's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. All he needs is a baseball bat and a low blow, and this is WCW 2000. Which I'm all in for, as long as it has a WC banner (laughs) on it. (laughs) WCW 2000 was so much better than this, right? I'm definitely on the... They actually had matches. Yeah, Russo is a genius compared to this fucking booking we're seeing now, but apparently Vince Russo had something to do with this as well. Loves a wedding. Oh, whatever. Another bollocks backstage bit with Bully Dreamer, Spike, and Taz. The banter here is unbelievably cringy. <laughs> Dreamer, you're fat. Brilliant. The bit where he's like, did you call Paul? And he's like, yeah, I called Paul. He said he'd call me back in. Then everyone at the same time goes, five, five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we used to know a guy called Paul. And, uh, yeah, he'd never call us back because ECW, am I right? <laughs> Uh, weddings for some fucking reason Tommy Dreamer is concerned that Hulk Hogan might not turn up to the wedding <laughs> what he wants to get his he wants to get his 8x10 sign to sell it on eBay <laughs> and then the 
this promo ends with the best line where Bully Ray's like talking about Brooke and he goes, Yeah, she's a wreck. And I'm like, Yeah, we fucking know, mate. We're watching the show. <laughs> and also, she's been through the WCW locker room twice. <laughs> oh, good Lord. And because we haven't seen enough of it, we have to have a video package highlighting the Bully Brooke Hogan routine we've seen over the same bollocks fucking two episodes so far. Drilling it in. Repetition. Good stuff. Hogan's shitty acting is ruining shitty video package. Hogan looking constipated as he's angered <laughs> that his daughter is kissing a man old enough to be her school teacher. You know, there's that cliche like old TV and movies and stuff where the evil villain would sit there and kind of stroke their beard and kind of grimace and squint towards the good guys. As opposed to stroking his daughter. <laughs> but this, this is... Hogan's acting face. This is all he can do. He squints. He strokes his beard and goes, I'm not sure about these guys. Hmm. I'm also going to throw out there that obviously he'd forgotten all the acting lessons he'd had with Santa with muscles. I mean, because he at least threw out seven facial expressions in that movie. (laughs) Back into the impact zone. The stinger is here. To be fair, the music's pretty fucking awesome. They've done well with Sting's music. That is the highlight of the show. It's the... And then Sting comes out and you're like... It's like, yeah, it's fucking sick, man. Sting is so fucking cool. Even here where he's like... They changed the paint again. But they're moving into Joker territory. It was Joker after this? They've done... Remember he was wearing Joker paint at the pay-per-view? Ah, uh, yes. But he's wearing normal fucking crow stinger paint here. Just one half red and one half black on white face. Because he's got to go to a wedding. He's formally oh, dressed. Formal sting. Is that what we're going with? <laughs> yeah, you've had beach dude sting, crow sting, joker sting, Form- formal <laughs> wedding attire sting. Formal TNA Get a Funko sting. for that. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I love sting. But even this is fucking awful. <laughs> so difficult to make sting bad and they manage it you must imagine what wwe must have meant to sting all this time when he's in tna and triple h would have gone look steve just, <laughs> just fucking come over mate no no i refuse to work for vince yeah what are you going to do in tna then oh don't talk to me don't talk to me paul money's pretty good though thank you spike I love all that Bellator money. Did you know that it's only about an hour till Bellator's on? Fucking company. Sting talks. Love is in... He's not going to wrestle because it's TNA, right? Um, Sting talks. Love is in the air. Also, tension. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a line. Jesus. Well, there will be on that first night marital barista bully being so old can't get it up. <laughs> it's got one of those pump things, you know. Um, Sting asks Hulkamania. What, Spike? <laughs> Wait, no, no, Spike's the fluffer. <laughs> Sting asks Hulkamania to come out. And he's obviously asking Hulk Hogan, the person, to come out. Because he says Hulkamania, all I could envision was like all of late 80s and early 90s WF fans making their way to the ring at this point. <laughs> like, can we have Hulkamania, please? Nah, it's TNA. You ain't having Hulkamania. <laughs> If Hulk Ho- if Hulkamania came out, it'd be the procession of ashes in AAA, but with foam fingers with <laughs> yellow and red. 
Hogan comes out. Remember, he's meant to be indecisive, pissed off, upset his daughter's getting married to Bully. But oh, Hogan's entrance music's not bad. Yeah, to be fair, their entrance music's are really, really good. Whoever their audio team is, they're fucking great. I imagine it was Jeremy Borash. Well, we, we covered TNA music, global music, last, last week, we so did. they must be the ones who behind wrote it. Yeah, it's Jeff, Jeff Hardy on drums. <laughs> <laughs> so Hogan, almost entirely out of character, as he's meant to be, is popping for himself during his pyro-drenched entrance. I mean, that's where the pyro budget went, wasn't it, for Hulkster's entrance? Where's his acting gone? I mean, I know it was terrible, but at least he was on script, you know? Now he's just like, I'm Hulk Hogan, cheer for me. (laughs) Like, you fucking selfish, exploitative, racist cunt. (laughs) Wait till my comments for the wedding. (sighs) 53 minutes until Bellator. Hogan complains about... (laughs) 53-year-old Billy Ray. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, this promo is gold for podcasting material hogan complains about people stabbing them both in the back and i'm like mate you had creative control it was your fucking fault you prick i mean there's nothing worse when hogan stabs your wife in the back ah fucking a sting tries to convince hogan to turn up to the wedding etc etc hogan mentions social media because he's down with the kids like Jerry. Oh, no, in fairness, he goes, You shut up my social funny media, line, but I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that again because it's funny. Hogan mentions social media because he's down with the kids, like Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what were you going to say? I, 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 I've lost momentum. <laughs> <laughs> like Bully Letter tonight. Wee! Wee! <sighs> do, you want the, do you want this heart pump, Bully? <laughs> Just go on top, Brooke. I can't take it anymore. Sting goes to Hogan you need to do this for you and more importantly for Brooke tonight they're like it's just too many jokes I don't have time for this now they never clarified does Hogan need to do it for Brooke Hogan or does he need to do it for Brooke Tessmacher Mm, I know which option I prefer personally Hogan Hogan (laughs) Hogan finishes this promo get this boys okay Hogan finishes this promo. Hogan <laughs> finishes this promo by saying, I always want to do the right thing. Put over Billy Kidman. Put over Bret Hart. Put over put anyone over, in put... WCW. Literally fucking anyone. <laughs> I'm begging you, Hogan. Don't just put fucking Bubba's take... wife over your knee. <laughs> Don't take from the fucking business anymore, Hulk Hogan, you fucking cunt. He's the worst. Hogan. Fuck Hulk Hogan. I hate him so much. He's like, I always do the right thing, brother. No, you fucking don't. I can't wait till the day. Well, actually, that sounds bad. But on the day that Hulk Hogan will pass away, the outcry on social media of how much of a legend he will be will be so disgusting because there'll be people like you and me who grew up with Hulk Hogan and then realized in the real world what a horrible human being he is yeah fucking a but he did again remind me of a great great lesson you've got to be careful of who's listening because you never know who's around (laughs) cheers hulkster twat (sighs) taryn terrell in her ref's uniform it's very lovely to be fair to her is backstage with gail kim who is also very lovely to be fair to her 
When did Taryn Terrell get her referee's license? Hmm. It's questionable, isn't it? Because she's pretty fucking awful at it. Also, is that regulation referee attire? <laughs> Can you imagine like Earl Hebner in it? <laughs> Do I look pretty? Tell me I look pretty. <laughs> I'll show you something out of the back of my car. Come and see my 8x10. Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking hell. So Gail Kim replays one of the many times this ref fucked up last night at Genesis and complains about well it. Well played, Gail Kim, for having an iPad, though. Good, good, yeah. good purchase. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, because obviously Hogan and Sting just had 10 minutes in the ring chatting bollocks. So obviously this woman's segment is over in about 10 seconds. Priorities, you know. If you notice, dear, dear listener, this is going to set up the third and uh, final match of the card. I thought you were going to say a third man then. I was going to say, hang on, what? <laughs> I mean, Gail Kim being the third person would have been ideal. Yeah, sure. We're taking over <laughs> on the cooking network. <laughs> Because her and her husband do a cooking show, not a sexist joke about women being in the kitchen, by the way, just in case anyone thought that. It's good to clarify, to be fair. I've got a couple of sexist jokes coming up, so it's good to clarify now that we're not dickheads, it's satirical, it's okay. Yeah, we're we're clarifying that Gail Kim's husband is a chef and she does a cooking show. What we're going to go into next is basic misogyny. (laughs) (laughs) It's what we do. (laughs) Buy a (laughs) t-shirt. At this point, I'm like, can we watch some wrestling, please? It's been like an hour. Well, get ready for the best match of the card. <laughs> hang on. We've got to do some Bachelor footage first. Well, hang on. I didn't see any Bachelor footage because all I saw was a massive advert for Bellator MMA. Yeah, to be fair, more, more, there's, we're skipping over like 50% of the Bellator adverts at least. There's tons of them. So it's time for some bachelor party footage. We've been told this is coming up at least two or three times on commentary as they're putting over Bellator as well, just to clarify. Um, and we cut to it, and it's Bully Ray sitting on a bench with some whores and a strip club. Te- hey, hang on. They're people too. <laughs> Are we sure? One of them's got a dick. <laughs> well, I don't mind that. It's just the fact that, you know, they've paid some fucking... Mm. what's the word I'm looking for here (laughs) they've got an endorsement deal with a gentleman's night establishment and what they're showing live on television to 25 year old Brooke Hogan that your soon to be 42 year old husband is out getting his dick wet yeah and to make it look like you know Billy Ray some sort of celebrity at this point because you know he's a TNA wrestler massively famous those guys also, Bully Ray has no friends. Yeah, no male friends or, you know, anyone accompanying him on this stag night. It's just just him and some hookers. Just Borash with a camera, similar to Hogan and Bubba's wife. Flashing away. <laughs> Commentary makes some really shitty sexist comments. And that was that. I'm like, we built to this all the way through the night. And it was maybe 20 seconds of Bubba with some half-naked... Well, no, they were they were fully attired. They were just wearing what can be described as, I believe, the technical term would be skimpy dresses. I was going to go with belts. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I don't think we can call them belts. <sighs> so we cut straight from that lovely segment to our TNA Knockouts title number one contendership match. <gasps> what? Of Gail Kim versus Velvet Sky. Didn't we have this in a sort of gauntlet match on the last episode at the pay-per-view on Sunday night? Wasn't there a gauntlet match at the pay-per-view last night? (laughs) (laughs) This fucking company. This fucking company. 
the way they explain that we've now got a number one contenders match, the person who won the number one contenders gauntlet match last night against the person that lost the number one contenders match last night, is that today tells us that Brooke Hogan, oh, <laughs> what are her credentials for running a direct division exactly, has overruled Velvet Sky's win at Genesis, rendering an entire gauntlet match on pay-per-view completely pointless. They did cover this in the Terence Arrell, Gail Kim segment, in fairness. So this wasn't the first time we heard of it. They did cover it in there. And Brooke Hogan is in charge and is the director of the Knockouts division. They've done this in storyline. I repeat, well. what are her credentials for running a division? Exactly. About 36D, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. See, there's that sexism you come for. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me at the Tex Williams on Twitter <laughs> for more highbrow content. Oh, fuck me. Okay. So, uh, commentary. Oh, I need to recover. Hold up. Uh, okay. So does Bully. <laughs> commentary putting over Bellator, obviously, because <laughs> we've got a women's match on. We're not going to talk about that. Oh, as Velvet botches, she kind of just sits down on a move, and Gail Kim looks at her like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> In, in real life, Mrs. Bully Ray, Velvet Sky, so, you know. Uh, not at this point, it, though, right? I, 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 well, I, I don't know, but not, he must be a really lovely chap. I'm sure he's delightful. I'm sure she is absolutely delightful as well. Because she is... She, <laughs> yeah, well, let's move on before I do something stupid. <laughs> 40 minutes until Bellator. Uh, commentary mentioned there is a wrestling match going on for a moment and oh yeah did you know there's bellator on this evening he's he's a judo champion or a jiu-jitsu champion i lost i, lo- I lost all the martial arts terminology through this they even go as far as going we've got bellator training montages coming up and i'm like dude there's a match going on what the fuck well yeah we already saw it last night so we don't need really to commentate on it yeah Galcom, Gail Kim hits her soul food, aka her eat defeat, which I hate that fucking name. It's a terrible pun. For the one two, Velvet Sky has her foot under the bottom rope. Hey, Tax, remember when they did this last night at Genesis? It's last a show. good thing. It's a good thing that the referee is able to see this and has learned from her mistakes. <laughs> this is called fucking wrestling, mate. This is fucking. <laughs> I can't even pretend to compliment it. It's like. Oh yeah, you know that thing you did at the pay per view where she had a front of the bottom right. What if we did it again? But this time the ref notices. Yeah. On the plus point, it shows that Taryn Terrell is learning on the job. Smart. She learned something on Sunday, and now she's put it into action on Thursday. Clip. Top refereeing, mate. This booking, this is fucking NWO levels of <laughs> fucking amazing, isn't it? Like. <sighs> What will happen next week? Will someone else put their foot under the bottom rope or will she maybe miss it, do you reckon? It's good that on the last two shows we've covered, two episodes, that Tara's had nothing to do with this because she's once again being sensible and going, I am steering well clear of this shit show. Yeah, fucking A, man. I bet she's still getting paid as well. Just sit at home. I mean, fair play to Lisa Marie Veron. Fantastic. And she's better than this feud. Her and Gail Kim, great matches. Same thing as Gail and um, Taryn Terrell, great matches. But the stories they're given are absolute dross. You can imagine just like, um, what's her name now, Victoria? Uh, Tara. Imagine Tara and Rob Van Dam sitting at the back watching the monitor being like, you're getting paid tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Good stuff. <laughs> like, no one gives a shit. 
Why is Jeff asleep in a bin? <laughs> <laughs> so the match finishes where Velvet hits her shitty version of the in-yo face. Surely botches this one, right? Because they repeat the spot. Uh, two times a charm. Mm. For the one, two, three, it's, it's like an X Factor, but with a pedigree. That sounds great, but oh my god, it looks terrible. God damn you, professional wrestler Gail Kim making that move look shit. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Gail Kim's fault. For the one, two, three, and your winner is Velvet Sky, I have one note about this match, and it says, shit. <laughs> That's harsh. I think they did the best with the time they had. Commentary not actually telling much of their story because they were too busy pushing Bellator. And, and like, Gail Kim is outstanding. She's a top female talent one of you know one of the best of all time mm. from a female in-ring perspective yep and i like gail kim gail kim's great do we move on <laughs> you know in spinal tap where they're like this is a one <laughs> you've seen spinal tap right no dude you've not seen <sighs> i've seen eight films probably <sighs> so other than ones we've covered for the pod okay and i'm gonna accidentally I'm, watching i'm gonna ruin the film for you because it is one of the greatest films I've ever made right um, because there's this moment where they're they're like a terrible metal band, basically, right? And they have this um <laughs> sorry. They have an album called Shark Sandwich. Okay. Tenta? <laughs> exactly. That's why I laughed so much. But then the guy's sitting interviewing them and goes, So uh, you know your albums have got these terrible reviews, right? And they're like, No, no, they're great. They're, these albums are awesome. And he goes, and he reads a few of the reviews out to them, and they respond, and it's very, very funny. And at the end, the guy goes, your latest album, Shark Sandwich, only has a one-word review in Rolling Stone this month. Shit Sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, that's this match. That's this company. It's Shit Sandwich. At least season it. Yeah. Speaking of, (laughs) we got backstage to... Brooke Hogan and da, 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 making her By debut. Dixie Carter. <laughs> Dixie Carter's here to comfort Brooke Hogan. The level of fucking acting in this segment, Tax. Can you please talk to me about this? Justify why this is the slightest bit good to me. Well, first of all, you've got to consider the terrible camera work. To make it look like it's a voyeuristic view because the Hogan family love a voyeuristic <laughs> camera view. Why are they filming through blinds? Do they not just move the blind first and then start filming? The best thing about filming through blinds is where the people they're filming are already mic'd up. So I'm already well involved in this with the production <laughs> side of things. Now, what's really nice is that Dixie, a happily married woman, highlighting how good it is to be married, mm. but also questions to Brooke Hogan. Are you sure you want to do this? Not get married to Bur- not get married to Bully Ray. Are you sure you want to be part of this fucking shit show, Brooke? Why don't you just go back? Why don't you just go back and do Brooke knows best? Make no money from MTV or VH1 or whatever show it was on. And are you sure you want to do this? Because at this stage, Dixie was probably like, "You do realize that guy put me through a table, May Young style." And Brooke was like, "I love to be slammed hard." Hey, <laughs> was that uh, prior uh, to this? Oh, it must have been because I'm pretty sure the Dudleys exited post haste after Aces and Eights because oh, okay. I don't think they turned on Dixie because I think Dixie was out of the company. Oh, maybe, maybe it was after this. But anyway, either way, either way, 
Um, Dixie Carter says these words, regards to what happens tonight, you have to know your father still loves you. And that's why he married a woman who looks exactly like you after you divorced Linda. Sorry, after Linda divorced you. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's, it's a woman, a rich woman, who has never trained as an actress, who is terrible, against a young woman who's never trained as an actress, who's awful. And they don't seem to have any chemistry or capabilities or anything trying to do script stuff. And it's really, really bad. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. The camera pans across some cake and some presents. Commentary tells us... Do like cake. <laughs> I like cake, too. Commentary tells us up next is the wedding. There's a wedding tonight, Tax. Did you know there's a wedding? You know it's going to be good when it's in the main event segment of your premier Thursday night television show as a lead-in to Bellator MMA. <laughs> Did you know Bellator have got a show after this? Did you know that Bellator have got a show after this? Did you know? <laughs> One of them's fire. <laughs> Did you get it? <sighs> so, I mean, Bully Ray's main eventing, at least. So Spike Dudley. <laughs> Unfortunately, 20... so is Brooke Hogan. <laughs> like, you know, peaks and drops. We've got to accept what we've got here. All I wanted was three-minute warning. <laughs> oh, man. But before we, get, before we get to that, a good thing that in this wrestling show, we get another segment pre the wedding. Oh. <laughs> Fucking hell. Aries and Rude come out first. Are we talking about that or do you want to talk about the little... I can't bother to talk about that. There's a replay of Chris Daniels and Hardy. So, yeah. No, Aries and Rude. Okay, let's go on to Aries and Rude. Aries and Rude come out first. Commentary tells us that their wedding crashes tonight, Tax. And I'm like, do they not know that there's cameras <laughs> in this building and that... You know, they, if these guys are crashing this wedding, that maybe we could get some security to get them to fuck off. Also, didn't earlier in the show, Bobby Roode tell him, you can't wear that to a wedding, suggesting they've been invited. Mm. If they were if they were going to be wedding crashers, why are they wearing suits? But remember, this is reality TV tax. So we've got to, it's got to be like real, like it was earlier, right? Well, then be in full fucking gear then. <laughs> no, there can't be... No, it can be it can be kayfabe and non kayfabe. This show, this is this is how wrestling's done now. Do you understand? We're, Got you. We're, we're, Trunks and a suit jacket. We're revolutionising wrestling. <laughs> Fucking hell! That should be your new gimmick. I mean, we're never going to get to wrestle this calendar year, so I'm pretty much certain I'm never going to retire because by the time Aww. by the time we're allowed to actually do shows next year in 2022, <laughs> I'll be near. The tail end of my thirties. I'm not going to wrestle a seventeen-year-old. Dude, I've got it. I've got it. I've absolutely got it. As you were talking, I'm like, we do wrestling shows without the wrestling. Oh, <laughs> like TNA, right? <laughs> Finally, I get my Brit rest wedding. What is Sid Scarlett up to? <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Don't sue us. Uh, there's no, he's on NXT UK. He could be in a wedding angle. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. sure if sure. only there was a talent. You know that character, Sid Scala? <laughs> like that, that character, character Sid Scala. <laughs> yeah, that character, Sid Scala. There's a character on Britress. She's got blonde. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. So, um... <laughs> oh, also, fair play to NXT UK for wishing happy birthday to one of their own. That definitely went well for them. <laughs> 
Hop on Twitter. Love you, listener. If you don't know oh, what we're talking as, about, as a side note, glorious. character. Yeah, yeah. As a side note, mm, character. If by any minuscule off chance you come across this, fucking come at me because I will go all the way. <laughs> you awful piece of shit. Like you did last time, you mean? <laughs> but this time I'll lawyer up. Oh fuck me. Okay, cool. So, um, well, no, that's ooh. why he's in trouble because he tried to. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Allegedly. I know, I know. Let's move on. Let's move on. So Aries and Rude come out. Oh, what? we can't talk about this after that. <laughs> <laughs> feels so insignificant but anyway so um blah, 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 blah. oh it's this point when these two came out the my new outsider shirt turned up so i was like fuck this match i went and got my outsider shirt i was like oh Very this looks nice. awesome <laughs> yeah i'm an nwa mark what can i say well we did a whole run of it in the archives at worldwrestlingpodcast.com I-, I now own four nwa t-shirts is that sad no, because you work from home, so you need wrestling shirts for every day of the week for working for Wrestle Talk. I really don't. <laughs> like, I appreciate the sentiment at least. Um, these two are talking and talking and talking because it's TNA. Essentially, they describe the TNA roster at one point, which I was like, "Do you need to do this?" But then they have some good comedy chops here and there where they talk over each other, and you know, they say Rudinaries are better because you know they're healed. It's at least logical. At least putting the Bellator, I mean, the TNA roster over, <laughs> it gets the Bellator fans to know, have absolutely no interest in the roster whatsoever. Because yeah. they might have switched over now. They'll be like, oh, brilliant. Bellator starts in 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, look, there's a countdown clock. It is actually on in 15 minutes. Amazing. You would have thought having like, you know, a real fighting event like Bellator. I mean, I say real. Some of their stuff. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, real fighting tournament after show. You might want to put on, you know, some some entertaining wrestling tax. Well, good thing we don't bother with that. Yeah, I mean, why would you? Aries and Rube object to the wedding. Rube? Rude object to the wedding. Glorious. Ooh, Chavo! Not glorious. Tax's favourite wrestler pops up. He comes out in his golf buggy and his golf clubs. It's Kerwin White, everyone. Yeah, at least that would have been kind of entertaining. Stupid. But no, it's just... Gimmickless Chavo with dangerous Max Hernandez. Do you want to talk about this? No, because it's got Chavo, so I went and got a snack. Awesome. So they're the tag champs, and because there's two people in the ring with no direction or no continuation of their booking going on in Aries and Rude, the, the tag champs come out, right? So they 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 have a little brawl, and then, yeah, because booking, right? Well, they have had that because obviously they mentioned, as we saw at Genesis, TNA's Genesis, not Impact Wrestling's Genesis, that we have these three, Aries, Rude and Hardy are the last three heavyweight champions. And we've had Aries and Rude seem like a cohesive unit, like agree to disagree, mm. the two top heels of their company. For one show. And now... Well, no, they've they've had this leading up to it. They've oh. had this. They had that leading up to Genesis. They, this wasn't like a throwaway thing that they were just put in the main event. They'd had their essentially one-upsmanship as heels. Can you blame me for this. thinking TNA's booking only lasted one show? Because I mean, oh come yeah, on. <laughs> of course. You know, based on what we've seen so far in the last two shows, I understand. But this this wasn't just out of the blue. Oh. So they've been they've been a cohesive unit ish with one-upsmanship. That's again elaborating to the whole thing at Genesis where they were going to eliminate Hardy then then go for it but now they are a united force so while they're out of the title picture you might as well get the belts off shitty mex and hernandez yes that's their reward is to wrestle chavo and hernandez 
the punishment for losing in the main event is to wrestle Charbo Guerrero. <sighs> get another ugly graphic for Brooke Hogan and Bubba's wedding later. Replay. Of... <laughs> get a graphic for ugly Brooke Hogan and Bubba's wedding. <laughs> because we haven't got this narrative over enough this evening. Uh, also, Bellator's on. Did you know? Do you get it? Um, <laughs> did you get the timestamp of how long's left for Bellator? Because uh, I wanted to really. Uh, 18 minutes. 18 minutes till Bellator. This is good because I thought, well, this end segment's going to be quite long then. Mm. We get a brief replay of Stinger and Hogan from earlier. Also, did you know Bellator's on after this? <laughs> 16 minutes now. Sting and Hogan backstage, but filmed through a blind because obviously, you know. Hogan talks. Wasn't Dixie just in this office? <laughs> <laughs> just one camera standing there. People just rotate through to have important conversations, you know? Like a Russo about. basically went to him and went, you know what was really good? GTV. Let's do that. <sighs> Hogan talking about Brooke says he tried to protect her from the evils of this business. So I'm like, so Hulk tried to protect Brooke from Hulk? <laughs> Is that where we're going here? It's a shame Vince didn't protect Stephanie. <laughs> Macho and all that, you know. Um, that doesn't seem to be real. I've heard so many people talk about that, but anyway. So um, H- Hogan goes on to say, I've tried to protect her from all the bad stuff. I've tried to keep her away from it. I'm like, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's what we're seeing, is it? 16 minutes until Bellator. (laughs) Hogan goes, for Brooke, I know how this movie ends. I'm like, mate. (laughs) No, you fucking don't. Isn't Velvenus around for a money shot or something somewhere? (laughs) Hogan says that he always does the right thing for this business. Is this business he keeps talking about doing the right thing for called Hulk Hogan by any chance? Go and visit him at Hogan's Beach Bar. <laughs> Fuck this guy, man. He just takes from professional wrestling. He's... I know that, like, you know, he's the guy that gave the big kickoff at the beginning, but he never really gave back, did he? Suburban Commando, Mr. <laughs> Nanny, Trouble okay. in Thund- Thunder in Paradise. He gave back. Fuck that guy. Um, so we jump into our main event of the Segment. evening. <laughs> the wedding. 16 minutes until Bellator at this point. Uh, ring ropes have gone. The wedding arch and red carpet. Are there. I say red carpet. That's not like they've carpeted the whole ring. They've just got a strip down the middle. Hang on, are we looking at Christy Hemi's Playboy again? <laughs> Bubba out in a tux, smirking because he's finally in the main event. <laughs> Dreamer and Tessmacher walk out. Spike and hardcore country <laughs> Ricky James walk out. Right. When, when Dreamer <laughs> and Brooke walk out, yeah. Dreamer's doing it properly. A nice slow parade. Very nice. <laughs> When Spike comes out of Mickey James, he's like dragging her along and she's like, slow down, Spike. He's not been on TV for a while. He's probably quite keen. Or he's like, let's get this over with. Yeah. <sighs> Taz and Christy Hemi are also here. Christy Hemi does a lovely kind of royal waving type thing. It's pretty cool. Again, Christy Hemi does the best of what she can do with whatever she's given. Sure. Uh, we'll cut to an advert. Last advert break of the night. And we'll be back to see if Hulk will walk Brooke down to the ring. 
Da, 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 da. Do you know how many weddings? Ah, uh, the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good night. Brooke comes out, looks back for her father, who isn't there. Hogan then peers round of nowhere from the side of the stage in a do-rag. Who wears a do-rag to a wedding tax? More importantly, upstaging the bride at her own wedding. What a piece of shit. Yeah, fucking A. If my daughter ever gets married and I have to walk her down the aisle, I'm doing this shit. I'm going to like come down on a zipline and go, oh, sorry, I'm late. I'm going to do rag. That'll learn her for all the money it's cost in a do-rag, yeah. Fucking A. But over my beard. <laughs> gets a brief kind of like, oh, isn't that cute sort of pop that almost dies out immediately. Crowd's almost silent by the time they start walking down the ramp. But the producer tells them to cheer or they're not getting fucking paid tonight. <laughs> hang on was that the same for the knockouts as well (laughs) the fans chant well once they struggle to get in the ring a little bit the fans start to go shake his hand shake his hand obviously talking about hogan and bully but everyone does they not know there's a fucking pandemic going on don't shake his hand well no at this point i know what you mean everyone just kind of stands there awkwardly because that wasn't in the script what are you doing fans don't don't make us improvise we don't have to do that and Hogan wouldn't because he still doesn't trust him. Because Hogan needs to know everything and be right about everything in wrestling. Yeah. Mm. If these were decent... <laughs> well, I can't believe I'm saying this about Hulk Hogan and Brooke and all these people. Not Brooke, fuck her. But everyone else, right? Everyone else has. Yeah, well, to be fair. Um, if these were, like, you know, quality professional wrestlers, surely they would hear this chant and at least tease the fact that they were almost going to shake hands but then undo it. You know what I mean? Hogan would have gone for like the ma- the Mega Powers handshake. <laughs> He's put his hand up in the air. But like, even a look between the two would be fine, you know. Just even an acknowledgement, like just anything. But these two are just standing there. It's so fucking awkward. These fans are chanting, and the registrar guy doesn't know what to do because the fans won't shut the fuck up. And it's just like, oh, oh it's just cringe. I hate it. When so When the much. registrar puts his finger in the air to essentially go. Quiet holiday makers. Yeah. The, the, the thespian must talk now. <laughs> the registrar dude starts talking and says, we're He was actually from the same uh, booking agency as Claire Lynch was as well. <laughs> nice. Wait, legit or? No idea. Okay, cool. And we're here to witness the marriage of Brooke and Mark. And I'm like, Is he at the wrong wedding? <laughs> that guy's not a Mark. Mark. <laughs> I wondered whether this was one of them Cab Fab sort of commentaries. She's my secretary. <clears throat> so Hogan hauls out his 25-year-old daughter to this 52-year-old man. Can he do that, Joey? <laughs> yes, he's steadily getting older the more I mention it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the registrar says a few things. He goes, there is no institution more sacred than marriage. I'm like, has he not seen WCW? Because... <laughs> I mark for myself. What can I say? As Hogan strokes his beard like a shitty acty villain that he is, the crowd. I'm oh, sorry. The wedding vows begin. Mark, I can't believe I'm standing in front of you right now, <laughs> exchanging vows with you in the middle of a wrestling ring. But you came into my life like a burst of light, and I finally feel like I can trust. I feel like I'm safe. You're my best friend. 
you definitely know how to make me laugh. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> and I have no idea what I was doing before I met you, but I can't imagine my life without you now. I love you. Brooke, earlier today, I, I took out a piece of paper and I started writing things down. I just said to myself, what the hell are you doing? She doesn't deserve words on paper. She deserves me to speak from the heart. From the moment I laid eyes on you, I knew. I knew you were the one. I'm a different person when I'm around you. I'm a happy person person when I'm around you. And I want to make you the happiest girl in the world. The bottom line is I freaking love you. <laughs> I love the fact how Brooke Hogan's been like, you know how to make me laugh. Why'd you say laugh? Why didn't you say scream with ravenous enjoyment? Because that's what she was implying, you know, to yeah. make me laugh. Because the crowd then go, ooh, like it's some really saucy comment. And she kind of... Or or he does this this joke to her and he says, uh, hey, Brooke, why is six afraid of seven? <laughs> yeah. You've, you've got to be Brooke. Because seven... Eight, or do I have to say, oh, why did yeah. six afraid of seven? <laughs> because seven, eight, nine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear Colt know how to make me laugh? Did you hear Colt Cabana trying to tell that joke on BTE but getting it wrong? I know because they they had to do a second take of it because they like Johnny Hungy, so I ate all the mermaids, and then Cabana went, oh, "Hang on, hang on, I seven all the mermaids," and then when they redid the second take of it, he went, "I nine all, I nine all the mermaids." I love and and, and Uno still has to go. It's a numbers joke. <laughs> That was really weird. Still better than anything on this show. Mate, the registrar then proceeds to ask if anyone objects to this wedding. Where you expect, you know, the dramatic moment to happen, but it doesn't. Loads of people shout stuff, but the, the registrar completely ignores them. And like, can he do that, Joey? They exchange rings and say, I do, while Hulk Hogan is still doing his shitty acting in the background. He doesn't stop. It's At least he's committed. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> He's in he's in the zone. He's in the impact zone. Fucking hell. As the registrar announces them, husband and wife, Taz grabs the mic. And now, by the power vested in me. Oh, hold on a second. Hold up. Just back up. Hold on a minute. Hold on. No, I, I have I have two questions. I you know I can't take this. I have two questions. I know you're a long time. We go way back. We're like brothers. No, just hold on. Do, 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 are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? What are you doing? No, I, but it's none of your business. Are you sure you want to do this? We're getting married. Okay, you want to do this. The second question I have is, is it just me or is it friggin' hot in here? What is he talking about? I mean, what a line. Is it me or is it getting hot in here? 
It's getting hot in here, so take off your shit suit. <laughs> I am in aces. I'm in aces and eights. As Taz takes off his jacket to unveil a quite delightful pleather waistcoat, Taz turns around and like, oh no, it's an aces and eights patch on his back. How terrible. Da, da, da. <laughs> Bully Ray's facial, wa- facial reaction of, Uh? (laughs) what's this my reaction of like so we're just accepting anyone to the gang now is that right (laughs) taz is known to have a fantastic um display of indian motorcycles in his household so obviously he's going to be in ace and eights where they ride harleys yep absolutely bro hogan tells the ladies to get out the ring because he's done a massive fart i was going with the way it should be Is that sexism you pay for? <laughs> Not that you pay for this, but yeah, it's all good. Uh, 30 seconds until Bellator. So the Aces and Aces jump, <laughs> jump all the lads in the ring. Brawl, but the very best bit is Mike Knox and Luke Gallows grab Brooke. And er- <laughs> it's so funny. And as everyone is beating down, getting beaten down by the Aces and Aces, Gallo is going, Grrr, and you're winning. Yeah, look at that. Do you like that? Look at your daddy now. <laughs> it's fucking so funny. I couldn't stop laughing. He's like, look at your husband. Look at your daddy now. Look at your daddy. Look at your husband. <laughs> it's fucking banter, mate. It's so good. Performance of the show goes to Gallows oh, on this. Gallows, man. These chops here. Fuck. He's like, oh, so, so good. So just to, just to go into the, the Aces and Eights attack. So Taz has now joined Aces and Eights. Ace and Eights rush the ring, beat down everyone, but the only unmasked members other than Devon go and hold Brooke. So obviously we don't need to worry about who's in the ring, who's these unmasked putty patrol. <laughs> so yeah. these masked putty patrol holding on to Brooke. So again, from a booking standpoint, Devon's already been unmasked, so he's going to be in there um, leading the beat down. Gallows and Nux are on the outside. Again, unmasked, so we've identified who they were. But the rest of the Ace and Eight still go in, completely masked, and beat down the entirety of the male wedding party. The women have escaped. Um, Brooke managed to escape the clutches of Nux and Gallows after what can be described as some fantastic acting chops from Gallows and Nux. Mainly Gallows. So funny. Gallows only. I laugh for about five minutes straight, like genuinely. Brooke runs off to Hulk, and instead of looking at Bully, the man who's just been beaten and had his reading ruined, they, they close in on Hogan, and he's... I can't remember what he says, because there was some controversy at the time, and I couldn't pick it up on our recording. He said something first to Brooke, and then he was like, go and check on Bully. Yeah. Go and check on Bully. But fucking hell. I mean, but in fairness, though, the beatdown, the reveal of Taz, and you know, I'd, I'd forgotten Taz joined at this stage so it was a nice surprise i was just expecting an ace and eights attack taz joining and turning you would have expected this to have happened at the does anyone have any reason why this can't happen it's almost like taz fell asleep and was like oh fuck i've missed my cue <laughs> i've proper papa shungoed it sure, yeah. but the beatdown was good gallows acting was good and now we've got a purpose We've got three, now four unmasked members of Ace and Eight. So the faction's setting up with a former ECW champion and the other guys. And Do you mean Bully the fat guy that does commentary for TNA? He's a former ECW champion and a former FTW champion. Yeah. Leave poor Brian Cage out of this. And now, and now 
we've got a sympathetic baby face. They've managed to get they've they've managed to get sympathy. You can't for their even say it without face. laughing. Listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> they've managed to get sympathy for their lead baby face. They've broken up a wedding between a twenty five year old and seventy three year old man. This is good stuff. <laughs> so their faces, is that what you're saying? They are now <laughs> No, so we've we've now established the main part of the storyline. Now Ace and Eights, who've been dotting around the mid card for six months, they've now taken out the main event angle. This is the main event, and Aces and Eights are now going to be the most prominent faction in the promotion. They're starting to build around it. And now we're gonna be leading up to to lockdown, where is Bully Ray going to be able to get his revenge on Aces and Eights? And who else is going to be there? Because, you know, Taz, he was his best friend. Who else could possibly be in Aces and Eights? Are you done? This show, this <laughs> this angle is brilliant. What a crock of shit. This is like a pile of shit that someone ate that shit and then shit out that shit to make their dog eat that shit and then shit out that shit to finally rub that shit all over the face of professional wrestling shit. This is not the human centipede. <laughs> Fuck this company. Minus five stars. The first company ever to receive two of those in a row from me. I mean, I liked it. You liked this show? No, I like this segment. <laughs> okay. I, li- I like this segment. I, li- I like this idea. I like the whole concept and the build. Yes, Taz turning heel at the wrong time. I know it's cheesy, but the execution of the run-in with 30 seconds to go, leaving the chaos and the carnage at the end. And, you know, this isn't NWO carnage. Far from it. This is basically, like as you said, like a piece of shit on the shoe of an NWO surprise attack. But for what TNA had been doing up to this stage, having this whole faction beat down the good guys, which, again... Why didn't Sting run out to save it? Is he in Aces and Eights? Is he the th- is he the fifth man? I can't wait for more of the reveals because now, as you said, we've got Taz, a retired wrestler on commentary, being in Aces and Eights. I can't wait to investigate who else is under the masks. Do you know what I love is when you spend two hours building to an MMA show and also this end angle that you have it massively paid off with the fat guy on commentary going, Yo, I'm in this biker group too. Look, I've got a waistcoat. He rides a trike like Piney. <laughs> what threat is he to anyone? He's got the Taz mission. The Kartma Haja May. Not at this point. He's been on commentary for like, what, five, six years at least? Probably longer? Because it's, what, 2013. So when did Taz stop wrestling? What, like 2000 something? Look, he's a human best man machine. <laughs> And so, what you've done is you've made us realize that Brooke Hogan's a terrible actor. Hulk Hogan is also a terrible actor. Bully Ray can take a bump because they've definitely stiffened up the ring for this segment and he took a bump on it. And oh my God, did it look painful. (laughs) Fucking hell. But like, at the very, very best scenario, you've created some sympathy for Bubba who you didn't shoot at the end of the show. Yeah. Like, we all know what's going to happen miles in advance of actually happening. It all seems so obvious to me, even from this point. 
what as in bully being spoilers in the main event of lockdown <laughs> don't do what i did <laughs> right before the, you know the hogan turn being like don't heen in it this tag team match of kevin nash scott hall and hulk hogan bollocks <laughs> yeah it was logical for logic sense he's not a shark minus five stars I'm going to give it one cornflake oh, for the main event. Don't you dare. Don't you dare give this a positive mark. What's wrong with you? Because <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I can't think of any reason why this was great. Because of what we just discussed. It was hilarious. None of it made Bully sense took to a me. fantastic bump. Gallo's performance at the end is worth a cornflake alone. Gallo's was fucking hilarious, to be fair to him. But it, it's... I watched it and was like, oh, that's really, really funny. Put my headphones down and went, fuck this company audibly to myself because it was such a bad segment. I I love these shows where you can spend an hour and a half watching wrestling, get it done nice bite size, not have to worry too much about wrestling yeah. from a wrestling podcast. I mean, as we said, we got basically, I think I mapped it out about 12 minutes of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> what is it an hour and 42 minutes of actual tv time an hour and 34 minutes of the uh the audio the visual we had jesus and about Christ. 12 13 minutes of that was wrestling tna and bro. two of those were rematches from last night yeah it's there's this really weird thing whereby they've got people on the show that have name value and experience and you know some new up-and-coming stars and really really fucking great female wrestlers jesus christ they've got some names on this show and they have no fucking clue about it seems like a massive statement to say but like none of it seems even the slightest bit palatable did you more power to aj joe ken anderson who all stayed off this show yeah, where are these people? Like, Rob Van Dam isn't even on this, you know? And we're choosing to push Mike Knox and Gallows and Barbara Ray and Hogan and Brooke and Dixie. See which wrestlers went on Hogan's Australian tour. See which wrestlers are getting pushed. Yeah. We've got Taz over, though. You know, the guy that isn't wrestling. They need a mouthpiece. <laughs> Do they? They've got Devon and Gallows. <laughs> nope, need a mouthpiece. I mean, Gallows was a prospect. He's only recently been patched in. All right, okay, I see. Yeah. Wait till we unveil all the rest of Ace's mates. Let's see what massive superstars they've got. Eh? One of them could have been huge. <laughs> Tune in next week while we do more of this utter bollocks. I can't believe we're only two weeks in and I hated this much already. I really tried to like be like, maybe it's not as bad as people used to say delightful isn't it mm. can't wait till my heart monitors here so i can just do random updates of that throughout the show like it's 752 now <laughs> i'm gonna die soon yay brooke hogan's just landed a tope on hilo <laughs> oh imagine imagine if she pulls out a five-star classic <laughs> uh, anyway before we finish because we did this with Jeff Hardy, because he was in the main event. Mm. So what I'm going to try and do, if it's different each time, I'm going to try and look at a main eventer's uh, professional discography, recording contracts, uh, studio recordings, uh, titles. We did it with Jeff. And because she was in the main event, Brooke Hogan. 
Okay. Rich. Predictions. Uh, the word love. The heart. Um, something about taking or giving. Something like that. Okay. Give me. Give them to me. Go on. Tell me. I'm. Tell me. I'm right. Go on. Tell me. I'm right. Tell well, me. I'm right. I was good. I was going to just go with the, do you know how many studio albums oh. Brooke Hogan actually released? Uh, five. Two. And they were <laughs> all before this fast. Oh, okay. One was in 2006. Okay. So one was in 2006 when Hogan, sorry, Brooke Knows Best was on the telly. It was called Undiscovered. It was released on the 24th of October, 2006. It was released in okay. uh, digital download and on CD. Can you guess what chart position it got to in the US charts her album or the single her album just undiscovered her album 72 28 yeah sure because Hulk Hogan bought them all right yeah and do you know where it got on the US indie charts well number one yeah sure now to put that in perspective of the US indie charts do you know how many US sales were recorded for this album to get her to this heady heights of 28 in the US album charts? <laughs> 50? 127,000 copies. Yeah, Hulk Hogan's got a big garage full of CDs. <laughs> so, the next album, the second and final studio album, uh, was called The Redemption, because obviously 2006 Undiscovered clearly didn't do her well and she needed some form of redemption. This was a game. Mate, wrestling people named those fucking albums. Those are pay-per-view names, seriously. Undiscovered. Uh, gut check, undiscovered. <laughs> Redemption, where we all get our, you know, exactly, exactly. Well, that was released on the 21st of July, 2009. So just under three years after Undiscovered. Can you tell me what US chart position this album got to, considering she's now got the VH1 show, um, she's so quite a prominent figure on the music networks and obviously she had a number 28 album before what where did this chart i'm gonna take a bet that it was before hulk hogan's tna money started rolling in so they were probably a bit under value at that point so i'm gonna go with what like 40 144 hey i was 100 off but I, the logic was there <laughs> out of interest do you know how many units or CDs you sold in Iris? No, no idea. No. Okay, in Lightspeed, and again, it's difficult. It's di- you know different times now because obviously it's different streaming. Mm. So like the Spotify numbers that are still available for what we've done for streams on there, we're looking about eleven thousand streams nice. um, overall mm-hmm. for what we've done for that EP. Uh, check it out on the Spotify, The Adventure of Lightspeed, uh, my old band. Um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my gimmick. I was really that's, proud of that's that my, album. That's my gimmick from previous weeks, remember? Uh, we put it over friends' uh, bands, and I was like, yeah, it's great. Go. <laughs> I put it over my own band. <laughs> I actually like your band. Don't worry, it's fine. I make music so, videos for your band. Come on, man. I wouldn't have done that if I hated it. It wasn't for the money. It wasn't because Matt owed me a lot of money and you agreed to a music video and threw it on you two days before and went, oh yeah, Tax has got a music video and I'm not going to pay him his accountancy fee so we can do his video for free. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> well, how many of the, how many, uh, how many units did the Redemption sell? Considering the last mm. album sold 127,000. Um, 30,000. 15,000. Nice. 
But don't worry. <sighs> after this, she I've released got one video tape. on WrestleTalk that has 1.3 million views, by the way. Well, you've already done better than Brooke Hogan's <laughs> jazz. Yeah. However, if Brooke Hogan released... That was me being a massive cunt deliberately, by the way, just to point <laughs> that out. <laughs> like, I'm proud of your 1.3 million. Uh, this is that. excellent. It's, I can't believe I get to do it as a job. It's ridiculous. But carry on, please. So many days Sid Scott will get to spend in prison. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. The character, obviously, uh, when yeah. Rampage Brown slams him in NXT UK, yeah, obviously. Yeah. We're talking about the wrestling character, yeah. Yeah, because it's all about Kay, Kay, the secretary, Kaylee Fabe. Yeah. Um, like that Those character, Joe Ryan, he seems like a massive fucking rapist, didn't he? <laughs> but he's found God now, so I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that character on TNA, that Joey Ryan guy. Yeah, that, that character. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry, because since then, she released a mixtape, which was uh, self-released in a digital Joey Ryan released a called... mixtape. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> called uh, Judgment Day. Yeah, Judgment Day is coming, bitch. <sighs> and obviously she's been really scarred by this whole wedding experience in TNA because in 2015 she released an EP mm. um, called I Want to Be Your Girlfriend oh, that's getting closer to the titles I was coming up with earlier go on please and then in 2018 she released another EP called So Many Summers oh, well no no want... Brooke there's one god damn it it's called Summer <laughs> she said Summers rather than Love I was like come on say it <laughs> but that's okay because I'll go through the single listings because I'm pretty sure you're going to uh, you're going to hit some of these. Come on, let's go. So, let's go, let's go. 2004's Everything to Me. Lovely. Love it. Yeah. 2006 About Us featuring Paul oh, Wall. Closer. 2009 Get ready for this one. The first one's called Falling featuring Stax. Nice. But then the other one she released in 2009 called Hey Yo. <laughs> I remember that song actually, weirdly. Featuring Colby O'Donis, mm. which I'm pretty sure is Chris Masters in disguise. <laughs> uh, 2015, that's right, Girlfriend. Oh, that's the and, song. Yeah. And don't worry, to finish it off, dear listener, 2017, tastes like summer. Doesn't fucking taste like summer. It tastes like jizz. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich. You can find me at Fanboy Rich on the old. <laughs> this Twitter isn't the machine. intro. <laughs> yeah, no, man. I was going for a kind of intro outro format thing, but I like, oh, maybe I'm not that professional. What's your social media, my friend? I am at Fanboy Rich. If you will come after me, lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the Tex Williams on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, as a quick shout out to Coventry Professional Wrestling and your wrestling rosters, you are a bunch of cunts. Mm. And if you want to start abusing seventeen-year-old girls about their weight and appearance, come to my fucking DMs, and I will show you what it's like to DM an actual human being. You pieces of shit. That went over my head a little bit, but okay, good stuff. Commentary Pro Wrestling, who ran a wrestling show during a global pandemic, claiming Commentary City Council gave them permission to run a fucking show. Right, sure, that is exactly. And then when they called out and they started shouting at uh, Brit Rest female wrestling talent Lucia Lee, who's a seventeen-year-old girl, and the old aging boys' club started sending direct messages abusing her about her appearance and her weight. Wow, because they're so grown up and manly. Delightful, yeah. Just we told Boris about this thing that they did. Yeah, Boris cool with this right don't worry i've reported at coventry police yeah. we'll see what they have to say about it yeah fucking it that's really fucking scummy jesus christ that's a fun way to end the podcast isn't it brooke hogan's a good singer let's put some of her music on and get a hit or something <laughs>
Goodbye, everybody. Oh, where can people find you on Facebook? Oh, who gives a shit? (laughs) See you later. Bye-bye. Oh, no. We'll be good. We'll promote. You're going to be doing the Royal Rumble um, live game show. Don't promote my job after talking about what you just talked about. (laughs) 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 The World of of Go find stuff there. (laughs) Bye-bye. Seriously though, like, what are the lyrics in that opening fucking chorus? Okay, let's do it again. Seeing you next per day. really like bidets like bidets is that what she's saying See what you talk. Wait just a minute. Get, 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 get